0: Uh, I was like, wait, hold on, time out. So who are these Dementor people again? What were you talking about? And, and, and she, was, she was like, well, they suck the happiness out of people. Right, Angie? Like, right, right? This, and and, 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 and suck, the, suck the souls right out of people. And, and I was like, really? Well, that's fascinating. Because some of you, some of you have had a church experience kind of like that. You're like, wait a minute, they're full of the mentors at that church. They just suck the happiness and the soul right out of you. And some of you, some of you have come back into church and have been back into church for a while, but maybe that was a part of your church story, that you got out of church because of that. And for some of you, maybe you're like, yeah, I just happened to be here this morning, but I've been out of church for a while because, man, it just seemed like they just sucked the soul out of you. And you're going... I thought it was supposed to be different. And this is what this series is about, Sinner's Party, where we take a look at the fact that that wasn't what God wanted, that that the more serious and boring we are, the more spiritual we are. That's not what God intended. And we're taking a look at four different stories from Jesus' life. Two of them are going to be parables that Jesus told, stories that Jesus told. Two of them are going to be legitimate stories, real-life stories from Jesus' life, showing us that God actually is about parties. So we're going to be in Matthew 29. We're going to throw the verses up on the screen. Uh, you are going to follow along a hardbound Bible. You, you, I I'll highly encourage you to download the UVersion app. Uh, you can search Bible on the App Store or Google Play. Uh, find the, the the Bible app uh, and uh, download that. We put an event right into the Bible app so you can follow along the verses that uh, that we're going to do. You can take notes in there. You can post to Facebook, etc. We want to know what God is doing in your life, or we we. Uh, beyond that we want to we want you to share what God is doing in your life to to the world because because it's certainly better than the complaining we can do on Facebook right So Matthew 22 verse 1 Jesus also told them other parables now let's, let's talk for a second 22 comes after chapter 21 um, we're going deep okay we're going deep so far 22 after 21 everybody with me you with me We're good all right so chapter 21, chapter 21 is Jesus' triumphal entry. This is the last week of Jesus' life. And he walked straight into Jerusalem and headlong into a battle with the religious leaders over this exact issue. Because the religious leaders thought that they knew exactly what God wanted. They knew the God's laws. They had kept the commandments. They thought they had righteousness. They thought they had a corner on righteousness. And that if, 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 anybody if anybody wanted to join them and they would allow anybody to join them but 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 what you had to do first is that you had to believe and behave just like them and jesus was headlong in a battle over just that and at this point in time in matthew 22 jesus is ticked this isn't lamb carrying nice little smiling jesus this is ticked off god of the universe jesus and that actually helps us when we, when we have that image in our mind as we're reading through this. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated or the kingdom of heaven is like a story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Now in that day, wedding feast, that, that was the party of the day. And Jesus' brilliance was this, that even though the, uh, the, 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 that God commanded seven different festivals in his religious system, that God had commanded seven different festivals, Jesus used a common folk party to illustrate the kingdom of God. And the wedding feast, even for a poor person, was the best party you could attend. But man, what did he say? This wasn't a poor person's party. This was the king's party. No price was too high for the king to pay to throw a wedding feast party for his son. This is something you see on TLC. Like Disney weddings or something. Well, there's a show like that, right? Like, as you can probably figure out, I'm not too much on TLC, okay? So I think there was maybe a, a show like that, the wedding party or Disney wedding parties or Disney weddings something, maybe? No, are we awake? Do we watch TLC? No. Okay. And so I was thinking this week, like, what would it be like? Because I mean, you know, our our wedding receptions. I mean, they're all cool and everything, but these wedding feasts can last for days. Th- it could last for a week. But if you're at a wedding reception today that lasted seven hours, you'd just be like, "Come on, let's get this. Uh, I'm, out of, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm out of here." So I was just thinking, what what's what would this what would be the top dog party of the day? And I, I, I thought. Probably an Oscar after party. See, this was a party that everybody wanted to be at. And, and and this party going on in the king's palace, it was for the elite of the elite. And those on the street corner would look up at the, at the palace and go, man, I wish I could be up there. I wish I knew what that was like. And come on, I know we're in church, but let's be honest. You, you, you hear about those Oscar after parties and go, Just once, man, that'd be awesome just to be in there. I know in church, I know know that's hard to admit, you know, that you'd want to be at a a party in church. But but, but it's kind of like what it is, an over-the-top, lavish party that everybody on the outside is going, man, just once, just once. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. And Jesus is setting up this dichotomy in two different ways. And, and one is, this is the best party you can ever imagine. And the king sent out invites for those he wanted to invite, the elite of the elite, those that were worthy to be at this party. And they're like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, What? So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared. The bull and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. In case you don't have an idea of what I'm talking about here, I've got more meat than I know what to do with, that any human knows what to do with. This is a vegetarian's nightmare. This is Paul's sweet dream, but a vegetarian's nightmare. What, what, yeah? And, 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 and we've got more meat than I know what to do with. We've got more drink than I know what to do with. The, 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 the music's ready. I don't think you know what I'm talking about here. Every, no price is too high for this party. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. So imagine, 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 Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres having an Oscar after party. And she invited everybody that's somebody. And then, you know, half of them came, and then half of them, like, bowed out at the end. You know, like, George Clooney's like, you know, thanks, but... Ben Affleck, he's not—he's no Batman. So I'm gonna go work on my Batman because he's gonna ask me again. And then, and then Justin Bieber is like, "No, no, no, I gotta go fix my hair." Kardashian, she said, "I gotta get oiled up for my next photo shoot." And then there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. They show up to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, and and he goes, "Make my day!" Or I'm sorry, hasta la vista, baby. You know, and starts killing people. And Ellen's going, "Are you guys out of your mind?" You all crazy? The king was furious, and he sent his army to destroy the murderers and burn down their town. Now, this doesn't happen today. I mean, we're too politically correct for for burning down towns and stuff. We just sue them for everything. But but what this would be like would be Ellen calling up Obama and going, here's some coordinates, push the button, and don't ask questions. On the 10 o'clock news, George Clooney's house, gone. He said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find Good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But then when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. For he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Some of you are like, man, I know Jesus is ticked, but isn't that last little part a little bit too far? Imagine, imagine if you will, if you're in Hollywood. It's a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. It's Oscar Sunday, and you're walking along the, the Star Walk, the Walk of Fame, whatever they, they call that, and you're taking a picture. You're having a good old time. It's a beautiful day, and, and, and you're in you know, sunny Southern California and and, and, and just, just having the time of your life. You're taking pictures of the of all the Star Walks, your, your favorite celebrities and stuff, and up comes this guy. He, he, looks pretty, he looks pretty official. He's in a suit, dressed to the hell tie. He's got an earpiece and all. And he comes straight up to you. And he says, hey, look, Ellen's doing a party. About half the celebrities didn't show up. And uh, she sent me out to gather anybody that would come. So you (laughs) look to the person or people that you're with. And, you know, a couple things float through your mind at that time. One is, if this guy's legit, this is awesome. Two, if this guy's not legit... I might be at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean in about 15 minutes. And so all this is going through your mind, and you're like, man, I can't say no to this. And you look at the people that you're with, you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, all right, we'll go with you. We'll bite. And you start walking with them, and he's like, man, you never believe how hard it is to get people to come to Allen's party. And you're like, well, with the options that were going through my mind, I can imagine how it's, you know, difficult so you get, you get to this building, a massive building and kind of warehouse-looking thing, and, 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 and he goes, now, we're here, and uh, what, what, what's going to happen is, look, if you're in tourist clothes, like black socks, loafers, that looks all nice and all, but that's not going to work for Ellen's party. I mean, Bull is one of, the, one of the performers. You know how he dresses, and everybody else is just like that. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to go in, there's going to be a room a room full of top-notch suits and dresses, and and you're going to pick out a suit or a dress. The attendants there, they're going to give you a swag bag. They'll measure you up. And in the swag bag, in the swag bag, there's going to be Ellen underwear. Just tell them what you like, what you prefer there. You're going to go in a dressing room. You're going to take off your touristy clothes. You're going to hand those to us. You'll never see those again. But the suit... These suits are thousands of dollars. The suit, the dress, you can keep. The swag bag, you can keep. You're like, so am I going to go through this door and this is the way it's going to be or am I going to go through this door and somebody's on the other side with with a gun? You know, what's going to happen here? You walk through the door and lo and behold, there's this room full of suits and dresses. Top of the line, attendance, exactly what this guy said. You pick out your suit, you get your swag bag, Get your Ellen underwear preference. You go and you change. They take your touristy clothes. You walk into the party, and it is just massive. It's lavish. It's incredible. It's crazy. He's just like, Starwalk was awesome, but this is going to be a way better story than my Starwalk. And lo and behold, pretty soon you see a guy walk through that he's got tourist clothes on. You're like, what is the deal with that guy? Like say no to an Armani suit? Like what is going on? And a couple minutes later, you see a couple of bouncers dragging the guy's carcass out of there. And you have the time of your life. So what does God want us to see from this story? What does God want us to see? First of all, I want to see, God wants us to see that He likes parties. God likes parties. God likes to party. Look, Jesus said He opened up with, "The kingdom of heaven is like the best party you can imagine." For some of you, you're like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait!" A minute. <laughs> You opened up saying, you know, the whole church boring thing and et cetera. You know, I had that experience. I don't want you to hear this story, filtering it through your church experience. I want you to filter your church experience through this story. See, there's a big difference between the two. If you filter this story through your church experience, you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome, but that's not really how it is. But if you filter your church experience through this story, what you'll end up saying is, okay, maybe I didn't have this experience, but it wasn't Jesus' fault because he's told his people something different. Real quick, real quick history through, through, let's say, the entire Bible. Just sit back, relax. We won't be here for a while. Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2. God creates the universe. He creates Garden of Eden. He puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden naked. And he he makes the Garden of Eden in such a way that everything is over the top. Over-the-top provision, over-the-top gems, uh, uh, over-the-top waterways, over-the-top. So much so, yes, he gives them a choice in the middle of the garden, but he created everything else in such a way that that choice wasn't supposed to be a temptation because his provision was over-the-top. And they're naked. And for some of you, I'll admit it for you. You're in church, so you won't admit it. You're like, that sounds like spring break at night. (laughs) Over the top stuff, some people, I don't know what they were wearing, but uh, that sounds like spring break. Uh, look, 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 look. That's the way God started this thing. And we're the ones that jacked it up. And then in Leviticus 23, you know, the part of the Bible that we all skip over? God commanded his people to party. Not only that, he commanded them hey, look, every seven years, I'm going to provide for you in such a way that you're going to have a storehouse full of stuff. So just take that year off. And then every seventh time you do that, every 50th year, you'll take a second year off. I'll provide for you in such a way. I'll call it year of Jubilee, which, by the way, is a what term? Party term. Year of Jubilee. All the slaves will go free. All the land will go back. All the loans will be be forgiven. And that's going to be a year where you'll just take off the second straight year because your 49 is off, now your 50 is off, and you'll just party all year. God commanded it in the Bible. You should read the Bible. But according to the Bible, as we see in the Israelite history, we can't see them ever doing the first seventh year, Sabbath year let alone the year of jubilee. And then Jesus' coming was designed to be the permanent year of jubilee. That's part of the point. And then in Revelation, the last imagery we are given in Revelation is that the king has prepared a wedding feast for his son and his bride, an eternal wedding feast for his son and his bride, the church. That heaven, heaven isn't us that transformed into cupids on clouds playing harps for eternity, but heaven is for all eternity. God likes to party. But for some of you, some of you, maybe not literally, but you're, you're in yourself, you're going, I don't know about this. This sounds kind of sacrilegious to me. And Here's the deal. The religious refused to party. See, this is the battle that Jesus was having. The religious refused to party. And the longer you've been in church, the, 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 the more prone we are to this attitude. I don't know about all this. And it's dangerous. Because Jesus was fighting against that very attitude. And somebody might say, but, 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 but what about James 4? James 4? 4, James 4? 4, where, where, where James told, told them to weep, mourn, and wail. Yeah, let's get some context to that. Actually, James is doing the same exact thing Jesus is doing. James is crawling up into the lap of religious people and screaming at them. You think you're okay. You think that because you have some money that God is okay with you, but you are living in injustice. It is time to weep, mourn, and wail over your sin. Yes, there is a time to repent, but what does Acts chapter four tell us? That when we repent, there's a time of refreshing that comes on us. What does that sound like? Nesty plunge, right? You're just plunging back and trusting in his grace to refresh you and forgiveness to refresh you. That it's all happy day after we are refreshed. It's all happy day after we are forgiven. That's what it's about. We do not prove our spirituality to people by gouging our eyes out over how boring church is. That's not proving anything other than we're boring and we're dementors, sucking the life out of people. The religious refuse to party. And look, 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 look. Yeah, we've talked about it in, in, in past weeks. Look, life isn't always a, a box of chocolates, right? Despite what Forrest Gump may say, it's not always a box of chocolates. It's not always fun and games are happy and etc. But what if, but what if that despite through our pain that we say, no, 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 no. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, I'm going to cry some tears. Yeah, I'm going to pour my heart out like Hannah did that we looked at a few weeks ago. But on the other side of that, I am going to let God refresh me. And that isn't it an even stronger gospel presentation for us to go, oh yeah, life's <laughs> tough. Or any other adjective you could use there that I probably shouldn't say up here. Yeah, life's tough but i'm going to choose the party anyway because god's got god's put joy in me see that's the deal that's the deal is that through the religious people that god will stream people to himself that's another thing he wants us to see god will stream people to himself god will stream non-fans to himself guess what any time that revival has occurred in history the, 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 the thought of the religious people is, well, we preach the gospel here. We preach the Bible here. If they wanted it, they would come get it. And there's a few people that stand up and say, no, I've read the Bible. And that's not what Jesus did. Jesus rewrote the rules, the man-made rules, and said, no, no, we're not going to play that game. I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna take the gospel to non-fans, to people that are far away from God. And I will show up anywhere to do that. And I will be around anybody to do that. And I will be in any environment to do that. And I will have an environment that is more like a party than a funeral to stream people to myself. That's what he did. That's what's happened every time revival is broken out. The culture was horrible, but the religious people let the culture go to hell and not care and not do anything about it, and not go the extra mile to let them see that there is a God that will go to any distance to bring them in. See, because here's the deal. A party is not about the party, is it? A party's not about the, the spread, a party's not about the, 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 the drink, A party's not about the dancing, it's not about the music, It's not about the, the crazy things that we do that we know we shouldn't do because they're going to jack us up. It's not about any of that. It's about belonging, isn't it? Party's about belonging. These people make me feel like I belong. I could come here and I can do anything. But these people make me feel like I, I belong. We're going to take a look at a story next week that Jesus, Jesus by his actions said, it's not about believing the right things. It's not about even uh, behaving the right things. It's about people knowing that they belong with me no matter what they've done. And see, a party atmosphere, while we want a party atmosphere here, while we want something that people walk in, and even though they might not have been in church for years or been in church ever and go, I might dig this, it it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. It's, It's not about just having on the surface a party atmosphere. It is about giving them God's gifts of grace. And what are those? Well, let's start with joy. Isn't that what people are longing for? Deep down inside? Isn't that part of why we go to parties? Isn't that part of why we, why we do things that, that we know will jack us up, but, but, but the, the, I know no other way to bring myself joy? How about peace? Isn't that what we're longing for? Deep down in our heart, peace in the middle of chaos? How about love? Unconditional love. And here at this party, I'll do crazy things. Why? Because I believe these people love me unconditionally. I belong. How about hope? That our future can be better than our past and our present. That I do these things because there is some sort of hope that it will make things better. How about faith? Believing in something that's bigger than us. Those are the things our heart cries out for. These are the things that causes us to go to places and do things that we know, we know will jack us up. But we do them anyway because our heart cries out for them and we just don't know where else to go. Yes, we want music to be exciting. Yes, we want the atmosphere to be exciting. But you know what runs deeper than that? And those of you that call yourself cross-pointers, this is on every one of our shoulders to provide this type of environment, that whoever walks through those doors with whatever baggage they, they come in with, that we do everything we can to say, let me take your baggage. I don't know you, but let me take your baggage. Let me take what's weighing you down. Let me take those things that you've done that have jacked you up. Let me take those things from you. I'm gonna give you love no matter what. I'm gonna give you hope no matter what. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you faith no matter what. I'm gonna give you joy no matter what. I'm gonna give you peace no matter what. I'm gonna show you grace. God's abundance in your need. I'm gonna show you grace. And I'm gonna show you mercy. In your need, I'm gonna be compassionate towards you. Because that's what our hearts cry out for. And when people walk in here for the first time, it is on our shoulders, it is on our shoulders to provide that type of environment for people. There is no sitting Sunday for any one of us that considers ourselves cross-pointers. No sitting Sunday. Well, I'm not working this week. Well, guess what? It's on you to talk to people, to connect with people, to show them the things that, God, that our hearts cry out for. Why? Because we don't know the baggage that people walk in here with. And those of you that say, I'm a non-fan. I'm just kind of checking this thing out. I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for whatever reason. Look, we want to take your baggage. Why? Because God wants it. God wants your baggage. Or, 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 to put it another way, God wants your clothes. What? Excuse me? Huh? Hold on. Think back to the story, right? the weird part about the clothes and the guy that's not dressed right and kicked out and blah, blah, blah. They told the second part, the, the, the Oscar party part, to kind of fill in the gaps of what the people of Jesus' day already knew. And when the servants went out and basically talked to homeless people about, hey, the king is inviting you to the party, they couldn't go into the party with their homeless rags, could they? They couldn't go into the king's party with homeless rags. It wouldn't work. Well, that's all right. See, the king, the king said, hey, no big deal. Here's some of my clothes. Here's some of my clothes. And from Genesis 3, when, when God clothed Adam and Eve to, to, the, to the end of the book, clothes are used as a metaphor for righteousness and unrighteousness. And the whole point is, you show up with whatever baggage, whatever clothes, whatever, whatever you show up with in, 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 in your own life that you say, I've blown this thing, I am not worthy of going into the party." And God says, that's okay. I've done it for you. I've lived the life you're supposed to live. I died the death, you were supposed to die. I resurrected from the dead in a way you can't really do. It's okay. I've got you covered. Here's your Omani suit. Take off your unrighteousness. Take off your, your, your homeless rags and take the suit put on the suit. See, we cannot claim superiority when we simply take the gift that God has given us. Because that's grace. In our abundant need for righteousness, he gives us his perfect righteousness. And that's the invite for those of you that say I'm I'm far from God, I don't know if God would take me, I don't know about all of this that's the offer, that's the invite for every single one of you this morning. That that God says, I don't care how you're dressed right now, metaphorically. I don't care. Just get tired of your unrighteousness and take it off. And put on my suit. Put on the Armani suit that I'm offering you. And for those of us that, that have taken the Armani suit or whatever dress, I don't know, you know, what's high dollar dresses, which is a good thing. Amen, right? Nicole doesn't wear dresses, by the way, so it's okay. She's low maintenance. Yay. Yeah. And she says yay yeah to that too, by the way. So uh, nothing here I'm saying is going to get me in trouble. Okay, Just, just, yeah. Some of you, some of you, many of you have taken the suit. You've taken the righteousness. But you're like, I've been unrighteous afterwards. I think, I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to like this. But what do we do? We, 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 we take the rag and we're like, I tried to eat a hot dog at the party and, and, and mustard. I had a glass of wine or grape juice, whatever, at the party and, 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 and I spilled it on me. And what do we do? We take the rag and we try, to, we try to wipe it off. We try to wipe it off and we try to work harder. And, and Jesus is just sitting there, stop, 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 stop. Stop! What? Jesus. And he's standing there with the shout bottle. Look. It's gone. Yeah. That's the point. You didn't get the suit to begin with. You can't clean the suit. It's what my blood does. That's what my blood does. Cleans the suit, cleans the dress. Stop working. Repent and then party, hearty, that the blood cleans the suit. That's what worship's all about. Pouring out your heart to the God that cleans the suit. That's what it's about. Righteousness is free in God's kingdom. That's why seriousness and keeping your hands in your lap and everything at church doesn't matter. fact, maybe the most reverent thing we do is to let our joy flow. Ever read Psalms, especially the last part of Psalms? It's about worshiping loud. Ever read Revelation 7? It's about worshiping loud. The joy that comes because Jesus has cleaned the suit with his blood. But the reality is, too, something else that God wants us to know is that with righteousness does come judgment. Now, in Jesus' brilliance, and this story is absolutely brilliant because it takes the entire story, the thread of the Bible, and puts it into one story. And um, the brilliance, part of the brilliance is that to somebody on the outside looking into this story... The people that refused the invite of the king looks crazy, right? What do you have to do that's better than going to the palace and partying with the king? What do you got? What do you got that's better than that? And then the second guy, the second guy, the guy that tries to get into the party with his homeless clothes on and says, no, 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 no. I don't need your suit. My clothes are just fine. See, this is like the, the the Christian, the person that 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 claims to be Christian but refuses to put on the righteousness of Christ. Now, I'm not talking about people who struggle and get some mustard on the suit. I'm talking about people that go, no, 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 my unrighteousness is just fine, thank you. See, those those that refuse the invite, those that that refuse the righteousness of Christ, and wants to play a game. We're going to talk about that in the summer. Matthew 23 is Jesus getting even madder at the hypocrites, the, the religious leaders, and just going to town on them this summer. Judgment will come upon both of those. But look, 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 look. To those on the outside looking in, you're going, you're off in an Armani suit and you kept your homeless rags. You're offered a chance to to party at the palace and you need to do your hair? It's crazy. You deserve to be judged if you're outside looking in, right? But I mentioned this last week and it struck a positive chord because some of you talked about how how God was moving about about this idea. God is patient with you. How do you know? I want everybody to do this. What did every one of you do just now? Took a breath. So God is still patient with you. I have no right to say that God is not patient with you. Why? Because you just took a breath. Even if you, it, 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 even if you followed my instructions or not and took a deep one, you still took a breath. Unless you just got that crazy rebellious heart and you're just like, I want to hold it until he's done. See how that works for you. Maybe God will lose patience. Anyway. (laughs) God is patient. God is patient with the people that refuse their invite. How do I know that? From Abraham, for about 2,000 years until Jesus came, he was patient with them. How patient is 2,000 years worth of patience? The guy with the wrong clothes. How patient is he with him? He tried to give him... His own clothes, right? He tried to give him the king clothes. God is patient. God is patient. Now, us talking about judgment isn't judging you, it's just talking about a reality that is coming. But we want to take your baggage. We want your baggage. Whatever you walked in here with that's weighing you down, we want your baggage. We want you to lay that down. Notice I changed metaphors and not say we want your clothes, okay? Just just throwing that out, just making sure you caught that. We want your baggage. We want you to lay that down. This is a place that is okay not to be okay. But we don't want you to stay there. Jesus doesn't want you to stay there. Jesus lived and he died and he resurrected so that we can have righteousness. So that even when he gives us his righteousness and we jack that up, he's there with his blood to clean what we've done then. So for those of us that say that we are fans, we are, we are followers of Christ, we're trying to do this thing, etc., What's next for you is one. Worship God in all joy, worship the One. That has an unlimited shout bottle of blood that cleanses, cleanses what we've done. Two. Maybe we got some mustard we're trying to hide from God on our on our clothes. Just stop. Ask for forgiveness. And let the refreshment of God lead you to party. And also, the servants in this story, they're the ones on the inside, inviting those on the outside. We need to invite those on the outside. Because we've got a good environment, because we can better Hollywood with our environment? Absolutely not with what you see. But we can because we give the gift of, of God's grace that is eternal. Who can you talk to even today at lunch? Righteous? Someone taking your order? Hey, do you know about God's grace? Do you know about the party that God wants you to be a part of? We need to be inviting people to God's party. Why? Because it's a party! party something you go I don't want anybody else to come to no you invite everybody you can right we all need to get better at that me included but for those of you as well that say you walk in you go I'm not really a fan of God I haven't really been a fan of church and I'm here for whatever reason and etc know this God is inviting you to take his suit You just simply need to give up. Say, I'm tired of my, the way I've lived, the unrighteousness, the, 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 the way I've jacked my life up. I'm tired of that. I simply want what you are offering. That's what salvation is. And saying, whatever, whatever it looks like, I'll follow you. We'll talk more about what it looks like to follow God next week. That's the invite to those of you that say, I'm far from God. Yes, God's got patience with you. But also, I would also urge you to say, why wait? If the offer is here, why wait? There's going to be people around the room that you can bring your baggage to and say, I'm ready to lay this down. We'll talk with you. We'll pray with you. There's nothing magical about doing that. It's simply just the community helping you know what God wants to do in your life there's a party there's a party god's invited every one of us and he's given us a suit he's given us a dress that's the ticket into the party will we take it let's pray Dear Heavenly father lord i thank you for this time i thank you for inviting us to the party That we're on the street corner in our homeless rags, but we're still invited to the party. Lord, I just pray that you will move in our hearts that no matter where we're at, that you will cleanse us, that you will forgive us, that you'll do something amazing in our life. Allow people to accept your suit today. Lord, we just um, thank you for your blood for the gifts of grace that you give each and every one of us. It's your name we pray. Amen.